Hi, this is Weldon in Nice or Saint France. And this is Chesney in Aarhus, Denmark. And you're listening to American on the Outside. Weldon, how was your trip to Strasbourg? I've been dying to find out. It was wonderful. Um, it's this old Christmas market, uh, dates back to the 1600s. It has all sorts of vendors with uh, sausages and other fatty foods and various Christmas kitsch and mulled wine and beer. Alsatian food is is a wonderful cuisine that's very different from the rest of of French food. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice break from Paris to get meat and fat and and pasta and stuff and potatoes. Where where exactly is Strasbourg in France? It's in the southeast corner, uh, but not on the Mediterranean, but up sort of north of Switzerland. Okay. Okay. So it's a part. I, they get very shirty if you call it the German part of France because it's there were wars over that. It's a part of France that has a lot of German influence in history, let's say. Uh, so the, there are stores where the the signage is in German and some of the streets are have German names and a lot of people speak German. Is the German influence why there's such a famous Christmas market there? I believe so, um, because it's it's just not a it's not as big a thing in the rest of France. What was your what was your favorite Christmas market meal? Oh, that, we had so much good food. I had a a venison stew <gasps> with roasted potatoes that was just to die for. From a, just a street vendor, like a like a market stall. That one was from a restaurant. Um, okay, from a market stall. I had what are the potato noodles, the pierogi? I know what you're talking the, about. Uh, it's like spätzle. Yeah, it's it's spätzle, uh, spätzle with like this cheese sauce and sausage oh. uh, and hot mulled wine. Uh, it oh, was well. it was lovely. <laughs> oh, that does that really does sound amazing. Were were there any restrictions or? Yes, yeah, so Alsace has been hit harder. Uh, throughout the pandemic, Alsace has been one of the hardest hit places in France. Mm. So if you were in the city outdoors, you had to have a mask on. Um, France has this uh, health pass app mm. uh, that, with a QR code right. that shows you've been vaccinated or had a, a clean PCR test in the past 72 hours. Mm. You had to show that to go really anywhere except, I guess, on transit uh, you didn't have to show it, but you didn't have to wear a mask like everywhere else. Um, we rode the train down there, and uh, you had to show the pass to get on the train to go to Strasbourg to begin with. Mm. But this was, of course, before uh, or right when Omicron was starting to rear its its head. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's like right now. A, a couple of weeks later. It's much the same in Denmark. We also have a COVID pass. 
We also have the code. We also have implemented the 72-hour PCR tests if you aren't uh, vaccinated. Um, although I kind of have questions about, since there seems to be so many breakthrough cases, how effective is the corona paths with just the vaccination and not some sort of negative test? Yeah. What kind of protection that's offering? I'm sure in the coming weeks, governments will start to address the fact that so many, there are so many breakthrough cases. How's, how's Paris doing with this new variant? Um, Paris is sort of chugging along as if there were no change. Um, it's This part of France was never the hardest hit compared mm. to some of the peripheral regions. Not to put too fine a point on it, it's an election year and no politician wants to shut down yet again at this point. Yeah. Denmark also had an election, but in November. So we're past that mm. point now. The government can do all of the things uh, that it has to do without fear of immediate political retribution from the populace. Right. Have you all um, closed board? I know the Netherlands uh, and Belgium closed borders recently. I don't know that Denmark has. That is not something that we've done yet. In our home, we are in sort of a self-imposed lockdown because we have small children and mm -hmm. they are only one dose in. We are set to be boosted in the next couple of weeks, but we like to space them apart so that mm -hmm. we aren't sick if we have at the same time at the right. same time uh, from the from the shot. Uh, so we are kind of like keeping in keeping to ourselves, going for long walks, yeah, solitary walks with the kids, and staying away from crowds as much as possible. The kids got out of school early. They got out of school on Wednesday instead of on Friday. So uh, our oldest kind of homeschooled for three days. And the youngest two had activities to do, but not online instruction. They're set right now to go back after the new year. I don't know if that will happen. Uh, mm. I, ha I have my doubts. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh... There's a lot of doubts about what January is going to look like, I think, in a lot of places. Yeah, we consistently here in Denmark are setting new records almost daily. Today we had 13,000 positives. Oh, wow. Which is a lot for a country that size. A country of 5 million people who are masking and social distancing and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and doing doing the things and vaccinating we're all we're also up to 80 percent first dose 76 like percent mm. second dose so we're doing we're doing really well on the vaccination front but this latest variant is just it's just really really a tough one it looks like yeah we really uh we really thought it was going to be over <laughs> this year but uh <laughs> yeah i can remember hearing people sort of saying Two to four years, maybe we'll be living with this. And I thought, ah, oh, four. Four. Four That's years. That's a long time. That is a long time. But at this point, I believe it. I honestly do believe that it could be another two years of this. I mean, that's um, what happened with polio back in the 50s, right? Like it was even after the vaccine was developed, it, it took still three years to finally stop the waves of transmission that were happening. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I'm hopeful. Until then, you know, I'll follow follow the science and follow the instructions and yeah. do, my, do my part to keep 
myself, my family, community, the people around me safe and as healthy as possible. Are you doing anything for New Year's? Um, <laughs> well, we'll be inside right. in our apartments. <laughs> uh, we typically don't go out anyway on New Year's because mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have small children. And in Denmark, New Year's Eve is bananas. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fireworks. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fireworks. <laughs> I th <laughs> my first year here, I was honestly shocked by the number of fireworks and the quality of fireworks that just your average Danish person sets like, off in their backyard. Sets <laughs> off in their backyard. It is an event. So you really don't want to go out or you don't really want to be outside on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Um, Lest if, you catch a stray firework. Right in the, yeah, they actually yeah. sell, they sell goggles this time oh of year God. so that you can keep the debris out of your eyes when you're looking up. Wow. So it's loud. It's bright. We live in a four floor European, fifth floor American walk up. And so we have a bunch of balconies, small balconies that open up onto a park and mm -hmm. then you can just sit and, and watch the, watch the fireworks all night. So that's what we will do. We will of course have the traditional, the traditional pork. Right. And greens. Black eyed peas. Absolutely. Uh, cornbread. Cornbread. That is our traditional New Year's <laughs> meal. How about you guys? How will you celebrate this year? Well, I uh, get what we're staying in also. Paris does fireworks, but more of a professional show, like by the Eiffel Tower kind of, of thing. Yeah. So we just, we found some on sale foie gras in a tin and we'll get some pan a piece and maybe a bottle of champagne and just, yeah. you know, toast the new year kind of quietly inside. I think that sounds amazing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the older I get, the more I enjoy having New Year's with just my people. Yeah. I don't enjoy the big parties anymore. I don't. Certainly not now. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Sure. maybe, maybe because of now, I don't enjoy the big parties anymore ever. I don't know. Yeah. But that sounds lovely. So to wrap up our first year and first few episodes of us recording the podcast, I thought it might be fun to ask a couple of questions that reflect on the last year for us and look forward to 2022. So I will start off by asking you, what are three words that describe this past year for you? Three words for this year, 2021, are hard, um, disappointing, but necessary. Okay. Necessary how? So this was the year that, as we said, we stopped waking up every morning in a cold sweat, mm. wondering what insane stuff had happened overnight. Mm, right. Um, and so this is sort of a return to, I don't want to say normalcy, but maybe towards normalcy. And that's difficult. T.S. Eliot has that famous line, you know, April is the cruelest month. The idea that when the world is is just going to hell, you can kind of bury yourself under your covers and you're going along for the ride. But then once the grownups are back, you kind of have to be more adults, right? The idea that when it's no longer a, a madhouse, you have more responsibility, mm -hmm. right? That there's there's things you can do to make the world better. Yeah. Um, or at least to make it less bad. Yeah. 
So that, that's why I compare it to like waking up on like a cold morning when you mm-hmm. don't want to get out of bed, mm-hmm. but you know you have to. Like that's sort of what all of 2021 was like for me. Yeah. What would uh What would your three words be? Um, challenging, exhausting. Yes. And educational. And I think, I think for much of the same reasons that you found 2021 um necessary i found it educational because i learned a lot of things i think that maybe i didn't know or wasn't able to to put into words Mm -hmm. before i think one of kind of the most profound realizations that i had especially when it comes to america and Mm -hmm. the political divides is that i used to think that policy would win voters Mm -hmm. I don't think that anymore. I don't think it's about policy. I think it's yeah. about I think it's about rage monsters and who can create the rage monsters. Because people who vote regularly are going to vote for their party. They're going to vote for their team. Right. But swing voters will vote for their rage monster maker. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. I think it's also something that we need to learn. Or maybe we still need to learn it. I learned it. <laughs> so um, I hope that other people have too. What was the best thing that happened in 2021? The best thing that happened in 2021, just on a personal level, was that uh, my mother-in-law could come visit and we got to see her for the first time in a long time. Mm. Yeah. Um, There's not really much else to that, just that she, you know, she lives in India and uh, has been sort of stuck there the past two years um india is having its own issues with the pandemic but it's really nice to have her here for the holidays uh what was the best thing that happened for you in 2021 uh for me it was finally getting this podcast started (laughs) (laughs) we've been talking about it for so long so long so long and planning it for so long and then to finally take that leap has Mm -hmm. been really fun and exciting and and yeah it was the best thing that happened it gave me a creative outlet Mm -hmm. to explore and i'm really grateful for that so so what was the most challenging thing that happened in 2021 hands down not seeing my family yeah i'm not normally one for being homesick yeah but i think i'm fast approaching my limit on this (laughs) The yeah. last time, the last time I saw my whole family in person was in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and I consider it really just lucky that I was able to see my mom in 2019 because she came to help us move. Mm-hmm. But I haven't hugged—I haven't hugged my dad or my sister. Yeah. In it'll be four years in October. If we can't wow. go back this summer. And that's a really long time. And a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. And I haven't been there for any of it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. That's probably been the most challenging thing for me in 2021. Mm. How about you? So this is, I think, less <laughs> less heartfelt. But um <laughs> I work remotely for a security company and we're trying to hire people and we don't have enough people 
on the shift that I work. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the result that I am now on 45 days with working eight hours a day without a break. Even wow. in Strasbourg, I, I was working like mm-hmm. I was on the phone doing tickets. Um, and it's small. Like, I, you know, I feel so petty complaining about that. But like, it really does wear you down over time. Yeah. Um, so we've got some new people coming in. I think this is going to get better, but that was, it's really just sort of been a, a, a spiritual suck for the past, you know, couple of months. Yeah. So <laughs> what was uh, your biggest time waster this oh, past Lord. year? <laughs> um, I mean, that would have to be Amazon prime video. <laughs> Um, I figured out a way to get the VPN to work so that I could watch U.S. shows. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've, I'm, you know, catching up on Sanford and Son and uh, Are You Being Served? And, yeah, their bench is deep. And so I've I've been watching some shows that I had forgotten existed, the Game Show Network, et cetera. And that's just a huge time suck, and I have to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? What's What's killed your time? Oh, Probably Wikipedia. It's the links. It's, you know, you, you get mm-hmm. on there and you start reading about something. And then, like, there's a link. You're like, oh, I can learn <laughs> more. And then you click on that link. And then you're like, oh, that reminds me of this article that I read. So then you go back to this article. I mean, so, honestly, Wikipedia is just like a Rube Goldberg machine of, like, time sucks. It's like one thing oh, yeah. leads to another thing. And then the next thing you know, it's like five hours later and you're like well i know a lot about the hundred years war now now (laughs) so what was the best book that you read this year um i was a little behind the the times Uh, it was the sympathizer by uh, viet tan nguyen uh forgive me for how i pronounce his name uh it was i think the 2016 won uh, an award in like 2015 or 2016 and his second novel came out this year, uh, but I thought I'd read the first one first, and it was really, really good. It's framed as letters from prison from a North Vietnamese spy who was then arrested for collaborating with the Americans. It's sort of a – there's some unreliable uh, unreliable narrator aspects of it, and it's just a really interesting Rashomon kind of – uh, feel to it because it's not clear if he was helping the Americans or not because he, he, he infiltrated the Americans and then so to do that you have to do some help and like it's some interesting questions about loyalty and espionage and 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 all that uh, what was the best book you read the best book that I read this year was a book called the deepest south of old by Richard Grant and uh, he's a a Brit who moved to the Mississippi Delta oh, wow. and his books are honest observations of the American South from someone who clearly loves and is fascinated by the region and by the state. Mm-hmm. What was fun for me about this book was it's a book about the town my mom and dad are from and where I was oh, born. Yeah? Yes. So it's full of like the story of this eccentric beautiful complicated haunted place that i know 
<laughs> you know, I know the places. I know a lot of the people in it. Oh, wow. And it also exposed me to some history that I knew the, the general story of, but it went into like a deeper, a deeper mm. story. It was an interesting book for me in some parts. It was a very difficult book for me in some parts. It was sure. a fun book for me in some parts. My parents and I have had so much fun talking about it. I've heard so many stories that I did not know before. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can recommend that if somebody writes a book about your hometown, read it. Read it talk to all of your friends about it, find all of the older generation to talk to about it and ask questions because it mm -hmm. is such a journey into your own sort of history and your own family's history. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, yeah, it was necessary. So that was mine. So looking ahead, what's something you are not looking forward to next year? Not looking forward to the midterms. Yeah. I think, I'm I'm a little more bullish than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, I think if this wave has receded, um, so a the Senate map looks pretty good for the Democrats. Okay. Uh, the one real concern is uh, Warnock in Georgia. Okay. Uh, and we have real shots, I think, in Pennsylvania and Ohio. Okay, that's that's good. And so even one pickup would cancel out uh, if we can't hold Georgia, though I think we can. I think we can hold Georgia. Um, and then two, of course, would just be magical. And then California's new map just came out, and it gives us 10 more seats, basically, in the House. Well, that's, that's something. And Maryland is going to be all Democratic this year. Mm -hmm. uh, same, same thing, so. It's not the election that I'm not looking forward to, although, as always, at Neil Bider, the process... Yes. The yes. process is so, it's so hard now with the polarization. And I feel like mm -hmm. every election drives us further apart as a society. Yeah. What's something uh, you're not looking forward to next year? Uh, I'm going to go with the 900 pound gorilla and say the Omicron wave that's mm. just you know, starting to swell yeah. in the U.S. right now and in Europe. Now, it's entirely possible. Like, there's the optimistic view that this is going to be a lot less, a lot more virulent, but a lot less deadly. Right. And, and then it really does sort of become like a very serious flu if you're vaccinated, you know. Mm -hmm. And if that's true, then okay. Like, there's going to be three months of, of it sucking. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then we're done. Like, then we're finally actually done. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I'm pessimistic enough to think it's not it's not going to be that uh, one way or the other. And that, you know, it'll I, like you said, two to four years, you know, that's sort of how long a global pandemic tends to last. And we're only at two right now. It started in December of 2019. We're at two. So your theory could be could be correct if it's a two year pandemic then we could be at the end if it's a four-year pandemic we're only at the middle i mean yeah so what is your biggest concern biggest concern is the potential for a large part of the country to simply ignore election results uh for elections to not be binding anymore and for 
violence or at least sort of mob pressure to become the the way those questions are decided that that's my biggest concern what what about you i have so many things that i'm concerned about <laughs> i am concerned about that <laughs> i'm concerned about covid and the variants well see it's hard it's so many things it's climate change it's the state of american democracy um it's the state of european democracy yeah. it's you know, it's, it's perfectly lot. fine to just wave your hands and say all that. <laughs> all all the stuff. I'm concerned okay. about all that stuff. Okay. So what's something that you want to accomplish or do in 2022? Well, we're moving to Sri Lanka. And one thing I want to accomplish is uh, finish an album that I'm working on and work some as a DJ. That's right. You'd mentioned that you wanted to do some DJ work. Do you have a DJ name? Are you are you no, in a no, shop? I'm still I'm still uh, I'm still working on that on the name. <laughs> um, all the good ones are taken. So no, surely, <laughs> surely there's a name out there with your name on it. So uh, what 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 would you like to accomplish in 2022? Honestly, I would just like to make it to 2023. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, I would like to travel again, just mm -hmm. go somewhere and see family, uh, see friends, do things that are outside of my apartment and outside of my immediate area. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that that's a possibility, but beyond that is largely outside of my control. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I guess what I would like to accomplish in 2022 is just I just want to work on this podcast and you know make more episodes and yeah. get them out there to people and get people listening and make connections and create a community that's that's a goal that's definitely a goal for me to put out 26 episodes of the podcast that next would be year. amazing that yeah. would be really really cool do you have a motto for 2022 um, so do you remember back years and years ago, almost 20 years now, uh, in the Iraq war mm -hmm. when George W. Bush kind of inadvisedly said, bring it on. Yeah. And then the onion ran a George W. Bush, please stop bringing it on. I think that's, that's my motto is please stop bringing it on. <laughs> you win. Like I bow to the wheel of fortune and the subjectivity of all men to fate equally like I, I give up. <laughs> so you you win. <laughs> how how about you? Mine is inspired something that Anthony Hopkins said. His motto was be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid. Oh, I really like that. It's not in the exact quotation, I don't think. It's sort of a summary quotation, but I really just I want to stop being scared of stuff. Mm -hmm. I would like for that to be possible. I would like to be cautious, but not trepidatious. I feel like when you take the chances that you're afraid to take, good things happen. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> so that is my motto for 2022. Very nice. Weldon, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Same here. Thanks a lot. I hope you and yours have a very 
peaceful and restful and good holiday. And, and the same to you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.